Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. We have a football feast of content to talk about today. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. Alongside me, Marshall Macaluso. What is up? Back over the speaker, because we're back in the old uh, Wheaton, Illinois, so... Yes, COVID conscious. That's right. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we get into the football, though, I mean, something we kind of glossed over last week uh, was... Uh, and this actually, the Hawks made a move too. So some some big moves, but the uh, glass ceiling in sports. Uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield was hired by the Blackhawks as a uh, special advisor. She's a uh, I think their youth um, development uh, coach now. She's a gold medal winner for the United States uh, U.S. Uh, hockey team. Um, she was in the uh, skills competition la- competition last year. So this is a big deal for. Uh, a woman getting a front office position in the NHL. And then also, we kind of glossed over this last week. We didn't really talk about it. Kim Ng, it was hired by the Marlins yeah. as their new general manager. So uh, she started as an intern for the White Sox. So I feel like she deserves a shout-out. A lot of pressure, though, especially for Ng with the Marlins, which I, I think she'll do a good job. If you look at her resume, she's more than qualified. She's been in baseball since the 1990 uh, doing stuff yeah. in front offices. But... I mean, you look at the pressure. I mean, just being a normal general manager, there's enough pressure as it is. Now you're going to be the first ever uh, female general manager. Um, so you're kind of setting the tone for uh, the future of the sport because if, you know, you do a bad job, people might be hesitant to uh, yeah. hire one. So we'll, we'll see there. I think she'll do a good job, though. I think that was yeah, a good hire by him. I mean, yeah, you look at her resume, the team she's been a part of, there's been multiple World Series championships. I believe she was with the White Sox when you guys won. Uh, was she with you guys back when you guys won? She the was there from 90, 1990 to 1995. So there were some good oh, teams sure. there, like the Frank Thomas era. Uh, but they, we, we weren't. Uh, we should have won the World Series in 94, and then the, the season yeah. went on strike. But uh, yeah, and then she worked with Brian uh, Cashman, I believe. Uh, so yeah, she, plenty of experience there. And uh, that Marlins team, we saw them in the playoffs. They got some young pieces to work with and a pretty yeah. stocked farm system. So uh, tools are there for her to be successful. Uh, figure she should get a shout out. But let's go on to the uh, football this week. And, you know, I, I have spent the past couple podcasts defending Carson Wentz. And I think it's time to come out and say it's starting to get indefensible at this point. Uh, He had another brutal game, uh, some very ill-advised turnovers. He took a safety in the end zone that was was quite terrible. Um, Yeah, and there's people calling for Jalen Hurts. Now, you know, I'm not going to completely abandon my guy. It's just getting very hard to defend him. But I'm going to try to. Uh, I, I think, to be fair... To Carson Wentz, the play calling hasn't been all that good. I think system is a big thing in the NFL. You look at Nick Foles, for example. He was in the Eagles system with Frank Reich. And he, he was successful. And then all of a sudden, he leaves not having a whole lot of success with the Jaguars and having zero success with the Bears. So system's a big deal. And I think when Frank Reich left and Doug Peterson started calling plays, that kind of affected them Uh and I don't, I know it, the defense hasn't been great either. But still, even system or no system, I mean, this has been this has been horrible. It's been it's been brutal to watch and try to defend this man on a weekly basis. I'm gonna stop doing it. I'm just gonna concede the argument. He is no longer a top ten quarterback. I don't even know right now if he's a top fifteen quarterback. He, I think he, he, I'm gonna be honest with you right now. I mean, by the way he's played this year, it's like bottom ten, potentially bottom five. And I'll tell you what. I mean, the Browns 
the, because they played the Browns, and it was just the decision making was just horrendous. And we talked about it in the past podcast. I believe it was the week before this game, which the numbers probably got up. He's had 23 turnover worthy plays. The next highest is 13. And that's a play, you know, that they eliminate the, you know, throw that bounces off your receiver's hands and turns into interception. Those are throws that are just very poor decisions. And it's like, that's when it gets to the point, like, look, if you're just not producing numbers and your offense struggles to score, um, that can be play calling and that can be, you know, your receivers getting injured, Zach Ertz going down, uh, bad running game. But when it gets to the point where, you know, it's a week 11 and the, the excuses have kind of dried up in the well um, where he has just played horrible. And you saw it on that safety minute. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that's like that's gotta be fundamental basic quarterback knowledge. Uh, same with the pick six he threw where he's getting hit, he's going down, and he just like floats up a fader to the running back. And it's just an easy pick six. It's like that. that is just that, that's horrible. It's like quarterbacks coach or some offensive coordinator or the head coach they need to come in there and say, "Look, man, you know you, you got to figure it out." And I'll tell you what, I'm not, you know, I'm not huge on Jalen Hurts. I didn't think he was like going to be, you know, insane in the pros. But this on Monday night, the 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 Eagles play the Seahawks, which has the worst. It is it, the Seahawks have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. No, they, they have the worst secondary in the NFL, uh, and it's historically bad. Uh, they're on pace to break. Uh, I believe the Packers had a really bad secondary back in the 20, uh, like 08 or something like that. And they're about to eclipse the amount of passing yards given up by like 1,000 yards. Damn. So if he cannot figure it out on Monday night, he needs to be benched. He needs to be benched because the Browns don't have a good secondary either. And he played very bad. Yeah, I mean, the Browns, um, though, they, the Browns have a pretty good defense overall. They have a solid pass rush. And I will say this for the Seahawks, and you're all right, their secondary has been horrible this year. But they just got Carlos Dunlap from the Bengals, and that has really helped their pass rush up front. And now that Jamal Adams is healthy, they're actually, their past two games, they are top five in the league in sacks right now. So they're getting after the quarterback. They're starting to correct that. So, I mean... I'm not not saying that to bash the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks' defense is fine because of their offense is so good. I mean, they just beat the Cardinals, and Carlos Dunlap got that sack. I'm just saying, like, for Carson Wentz, facing secondaries matchup-wise, like... He needs to figure it out. This should be something, yeah. And now, I wouldn't go to Jalen Hurts yet, because I still do stand by the fact that coming into this year, he was, I mean, he has the talent to be a top 10 quarterback in this league. I mean, you're not an MVP candidate. Like, he would have won the MVP in 2017, if not for the injury there. And he willed that team to the postseason last year. But if they don't make the playoffs this year, in that division, when you're looking at these teams with... Two of them have backup quarterbacks. The other one's Daniel Jones with the first-time head coach. I mean, there is no reason they should not win this division. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you look at that team, too. Miles Sanders has produced pretty decent, pretty good numbers at the running game. Um, they have Jalen Rieger back, and then that uh, receiver, uh, Travis Fulgham, second-year receiver, he's played pretty well. Like, you look at their... You look at their, like, scores for pro football focus. It's not bad. So it's not like he's working with, like, practice squad players anymore. Is he, are they fully healthy? No. But, yeah, like you said, um, Jalen Hurts, I mean, I honestly, I feel, I feel like the Jalen Hurts situation could be like, um, you know, the Bears right now, which we'll get to. But the Bears are up in arms uh, celebrating like it's Christmas already because good old Mitchell Trubisky is probably going to be back in the starting lineup. Is he the best quarterback in the world? No, but it's something different. And so that's where maybe Jalen Hurts is the option. Um, if you, like, need to get a win. Um, I think, though, like, at halftime, if they're 
See, I think I I like that Doug Peterson's giving him the benefit of the doubt because Carson Wentz is done. He has a he has a pretty proven track record. So yeah, give him the benefit of a doubt. But you're right that the the excuses are running out, and the 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 margin for error is getting a lot smaller there. And he's already had a pretty wild margin for error if you look at all those turnovers. On the flip side of that Eagles game, we're gonna revisit an argument we had a couple weeks ago with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Because what do you know? Odell's out, and all of a sudden the Cleveland Browns are winning some football games. I think, you know, I think there might be some merit here to this argument. The Browns, and therefore Baker, who is the quarterback of the Browns, are better off right now without Odell Beckham Jr. And that's just simply preposterous, um, to be quite honest with you. So if you look at the Browns, if you look at the games they've played against teams over 500, you got Ravens week one, 38-6, drumming. Then the next time, they, then they beat the Bengals, or, and then they beat the, the Washington football team, they beat the Cowboys, and then they play the Colts, they beat the Colts, so they're 4-1 so they're and, and going off that. Then they play the Steelers, 38-7, destroyed. Then they play the Bengals, and they, and they figure out a win in the last second to uh, beat the Bengals, 37-34. And then OBJ gets hurt in that game. Go to the Raiders. Raiders are a good team. Their defense is very middle of the pack, very pedestrian. Baker Mayfield goes 12-25, 122 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. The Browns do not score an offensive touchdown. They go to the next game against the Texans, another 3-17 that is not very good this year with a very bad defense, which is being the main reason why that they're not good this year. Let's go to Baker Mayfield. 12-20, 132 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. The Browns score one touchdown thanks to Nick Chubb's 126 yards uh, on 19 carries. And then you go to the Eagles game. Eagles have a very, uh, once again, middle of the pack, basic defense. Baker Mayfield, 12 of 22 for 204 yards, zero touchdowns, interceptions. Now, let's go to the running stats for those games. You look at the Browns against the Raiders. You don't have Nick Chubb, but, but Kareem Hunt averages four and a half yards a carry for 66 yards. We're going to go to the next game, the Texans. Nick Chubb is back this week, 19 carries for 126 yards, averaging 6.6 yards per carry. Now let's go to the Eagles game. This guy, Nick Chubb, apparently he's pretty good because he ran for 20 carries, 114 yards, 5.7 yards per carry. Now if OBJ getting injured makes Nick Chubb come back from injury and to go off against pretty bad teams, then yeah, the Browns are way better out with OBJ. Here. But like I said... Zero passing touchdown. Baker Mayfield has been like glorified Drew Locke out there. He's done nothing. He has done nothing. And yes, the Browns are winning games. They beat the Eagles and they beat the Texans. If you can't hear me, I'm giving them a round of applause for beating two teams with a combined win total of six. Yeah, they won some games against bad teams. Dude, Baker Mayfield does not have a passing touchdown and he hasn't even a clock. 20, yard, 20, 20 completions a game. Look, you can say, you can drum all you want. Oh, the Browns are winning games. Big congratulations. But if you think, seriously, rationally, in your head, that because Odell Beckham Jr., their star number one receiver, goes out, that Baker Mayfield has now played better, leading to more wins, and it's not just Nick Chubb coming off of injury, you're crazy. You're insane. You're crazy. All right. Counterpoint here. What you failed to mention, yes, he did not throw any touchdowns in these previous three games. Look at the weather in these past three games they have played. Look at the weather. There was extreme wins in the Raiders game. And we saw Derek Carr on uh, against the Chiefs. 
The man can throw the ball. They have a pretty potent offense. They didn't do much either. Horrible wins. The next game, the next game against the uh, Texans, Monsoon, kind of hard to throw the ball. Deshaun Watson, pretty good quarterback. He could be an MVP candidate this year if their team was good, the way his, his numbers he's put up. He didn't, he, he didn't really do anything either. They only scored one touchdown. Against the Eagles, once again, horrible weather, bad to throw the ball. So you can't really hold the passing stats against them. Second point. I, 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 I. Yeah, well, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. Frank brings me to my next point. Would you acknowledge, do you think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback? I don't. I believe he's pretty average. He's a pretty average quarterback. He is not that great. So his numbers are never going to be good anyway. The formula for the Browns to win games is running the football and asking Baker to do less. That has been the formula all season. Now, with Odell Beckham Jr., he's a superstar. He needs attention. You know, when he's in the game, the Browns feel obligated to throw him the ball. He's a megastar who went from New York to Cleveland. He doesn't even want to be in Cleveland. Cleveland's trying to keep him happy. They are force-feeding him the ball. All right, with him gone, it's taking the pressure off. He's three and one without him. No interceptions. He's two and, or one. two and one. Excuse me. Well, if you count the Browns game, because he left half the beginning of that game, so I'm counting that one as a win too. The Bengals game, you mean? Yeah, the Bengals one. A win is a win. A win is a win in the NFL. That is the only stat that matters. I think that's the most important stat as an NFL starter is wins. No. Wins are the only stats that matter. Deshaun Watson's horrible. He stinks. He's 3-7. He's bad. All right, oh, I didn't interrupt you. Okay, let me finish my take. All right. I, well, hold on here. And I mentioned these points last week. It's not unprecedented for when a star leaves that they, these teams get better because the other people can flourish around him. Bryce Harper in Washington. Patrick Ewing in New York. Alex Rodriguez in Seattle. Calvin Johnson in Detroit. It's the same thing. I also think New York... Won that trade with Cleveland by getting rid of them in the first place. If you look at what they got in return, they got a. Yeah. I'm talking. Yeah. You know what else he doesn't have? You know what else he doesn't have? He also doesn't have an interception either. He doesn't have an interception either. He hasn't turned the ball over, and that's why they're winning games, because they're not asking him to chuck it all over the yard. Do you think they're turning around and handing it off to Nick? Do you think they are turning around and handing it to Nick Chubb as much if they have Odell Beckham out there? Because they're going to want to feed him the ball, and they're going to ask Baker to do more to give him the ball. Yes, yes, yes. Sure you can. Titans did it all the time. Titans do it all the time. You can win the ball. You, you, you no, run. Tannehill still plays well. Last year, if you look at it, and you're gonna tell me the 49ers last year, they ran it. They threw it eight times against the Packers. Won the game. And the playoffs, you run the ball. That's how you win games. That's how Baker wins games. Also, if you look at them. Yeah, Baker also has. Yeah, 
think better because you have a star receiver running routes. They got Jarvis Landry out there, pretty good receiver. David Njoku at tight end. Kareem Hunt. There's plenty of weapons. And now the ball can be sprinkled around. You look at him in Oklahoma, where he won a Heisman. He was at his best. He was sprinkling the ball around to a lot of different people. That's where he's at his best. Not force-feeding it to a star. Not force-feeding it to a star. Listen, if this was... If you you can bounce around and you can do your... I let you go on. You're you're going to keep interrupting me in the middle of a point here? Oh, no, 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 no. You can't even get through a point without interruption. If it was if it was Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or someone established in this league where they're they they know what they are they're not like it would be one thing Odell Beckham absolutely makes them better you look at Tom Brady with Antonio Brown he comes in and fits in seamlessly because Antonio Brown's gonna check his ego at the door with Tom Brady Baker Mayfield's still trying to establish himself. Am I? Listen, look at the speaking what you're doing right now. Look at it sense. does. If you look at look at the look at the Giants for for example, they're right now better right now off right now without oh, Odell Beckham. You think the Giants are better off right now? They, they, they've done a roster and coaching overhaul. Yeah, it, they won that. That they. They won. Yes, it. Oh, you want, they. Do you watch this team play on a weekly basis? Do you watch this team play on a weekly basis? Because they are a pretty good team. And if you look at that trade, I think they easily won that trade. You got a really good lineman up front. You get Jabril Pepper. You're going to kill him. Once again, interrupting me. In the middle of the point. You're going to. that though that is not all due to that give me some good weather one time now yeah well give me some good weather you you try throwing you try throwing in that weather you try throwing in that weather oh that's bogus that is bogus and you know it i would rather have the browns passing attack because their passing attack has led them to wins you know why because they're handing the ball off and running it which they should do you know why they're giving him the ball more you know why they're giving him the ball more because oh because odell is out that's why they're giving Chubb the ball oh, more. Yeah, yeah. That's because why. He was coming back regardless, because but they would not be hitting. They would not be relying him. Oh my god. Well, you know, if you let me get through a full point without getting interrupted, I could explain this to your thick skull because yeah, this is why we connected. All right, yeah, you got to keep right. Now listen, all right, this is all I'm going to say. You cannot hold the weather thing against them because the weather, the, or the passing thing against them because the weather has been horrible. It is very hard to throw in that. With Baker out, or excuse me, Odell out, they're handing the ball off more. They are running the ball more. That is their formulated success. If you look at the press... You're telling me if the, you're t- you're telling me if o- if Odell was playing, 
they wouldn't be throwing. They, they, yes. They'd be trying to flee, yes. throw. His, they would not be yes. running it as much as they are. They would not be running it as much as they are. And the point I was making yes. with the Giants is, one, they won that trade. They got a better off. They got a solid offensive lineman up front. You got your Brill Peppers in the secondary. And if you watch them on a weekly basis, they look pretty good. Just say because he's able to throw. What does that have anything to do with how well Baker Mayfield players? Baker Mayfield's playing right now. There's no. The Giants are playing better without Odell right now. They are better off without him. The, the Browns right now are also better. The Browns are also right now better off without him. And as far as the Patrick Ewing point, you're like, oh, you just take good player off team, makes them like worse. Like, yeah, but there's precedent for good players leaving teams and then being better. That is the points I'm bringing up with Bryce Harper in Washington. Good player. He left. All of a sudden, the other people can flourish because they get a letter less, huh? The Calvin Johnson one. There's another. There's another. There's another example. You know, I'm just, the other guys yeah, on this the, roster. The, the guy who's up for the Hall of Fame. I'm sure Matthew Stafford never wanted him on his team. I'm sure it made it a lot easier for Matthew Stafford to not have a Hall, a potential Hall of Famer on his team. How many playoff appearances? How many playoffs appearances did they make? How many playoffs appearances did they make? You know where you you, you know where you build a football team? It's from the line. It is from the line out. There is a reason. There is a reason that a receiver is one of the last things you add for a good football team. You build it from the inside out, and now they are able to. They don't have to make Odell happy and force feed him the ball. So Baker's turnovers have gone down. They've asked him to do less, and the team's being more successful. Therefore, the team and Baker Mayfield is better off because they are winning games. And it's going to continue each week as long as he's out because they no longer have to worry about keeping him happy and force-feeding him the ball and putting the ball in the hands of Baker so he's like, oh, yeah, we got to chuck it up to Odell. We want to keep him happy so he doesn't leave Cleveland. That's all I'm saying. If you look at the track record... Your whole argument is just hypothetical situations where I'm literally just watched the last three games and watched the fact that their passing attack and has not produced. I've watched the fact that points. they've won games. They have won games. They're won games without him. They're winning games. Oh, I bet with good weather. I bet you with good weather, Baker Mayfield has a fine day. And even if he doesn't, it's going to be because they're running the ball, and that's their new formula of success, because they no longer have to force-feed Odell. You're telling me Kareem Hunt's a scrub? Dude, they go... Yeah, before he strained his MCL when he was playing and Odell was on the field, they weren't giving him the ball nearly as much. So, yeah, claps to you. You can pull that out all you want. Either way, he would have come back. And even with Odell on the field, they're not giving Nick Chubb the ball as much. In week two, had 22 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns when OBJ was healthy. And he scored 35 points. You're, that, like, that argument is Who's... nonsensical. That argument's just nonsensical. Like, I don't understand... Dude, like, I don't understand. They beat the Bengals in week two. Nick Chubb had 22 carries for 124 yards, two touchdowns. OBJ had 74 yards and a touchdown, leading your, leading Jarvis Landy, who only had 46 yards. And they won that game because they have good offensive weapons. Like, your argument your argument is that, like, you just rather have, like, below-average, mediocre receivers because then you wouldn't have to have this mental mind game that doesn't even exist that you have to force it to other receivers' hands. Dude, this is literally the reason that Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He had crap receivers. He said, hmm, if I had good receivers, I could probably play better. Therefore, he went to the Buccaneers. I am not anti-good receivers. I'm saying with a megastar like Odell Beckham and a market like Cleveland, 
you're th feeling obligated to force him the ball, and therefore, you know, there's some plays where it's not the best read. You want you, you should be throwing to someone else. You're gonna chuck it up and give him a chance in triple coverage, and you're putting the ball in harm's way more, especially yeah, with a so quarterback dumb. like Baker. So you're dumb. also asking him to pass more. zero interceptions there's no turnovers there that's got to count yeah, for because, something because, because that's supporting the and so they're just because after uh, he tries he, he completes 12 passes and they don't do anything and then they're like screw it let's just run the ball for the rest of the game if you have 12 completions against the raiders he scored six points he scored six they kicked two fields lots of wins there's a hurricane outside you gotta do better than that let's move on but like He's nonsensical. His argument is ridiculous. Fair enough. We'll revisit it later when they win more games. Anyway. <laughs> um, oh, my Lord. I'm already with Skip Bayless out here, man. Some, you know what? There's some other big games in the NFL this week. Now that we've gotten those two out of the way, let's talk about the two overtime games. Baltimore and Tennessee was the first one. Let me say this. Going with the uh, running the ball theme, I actually... I think Tennessee, if they can figure the defensive side of the ball out, I think this is a real contender. And I am very interested to see, because I thought that was a great win against uh, Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore, everyone's given up on Baltimore already. I don't think that seems a bunch of scrubs. You still have Lamar Jackson out there. They still have some pieces on that defense. So to, go, to go in there and pull out a victory, uh, I was very impressed with that performance. Yeah, dude, it was kind of crazy. They, they kind of cracked this code where apparently, like, you can run the ball for 133 yards and a touchdown, and you can also have a good passing attack with Ryan Tannehill, 260 yards and two touchdowns. So apparently, I don't know if maybe other teams don't know that, that it, like you can pass the ball. Maybe the Browns, if they had some good receivers. Anywho, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the, Titans, the Titans are a good team. Ryan Tannehill's totally been under the radar this year, but he has made this team, because, like, you know, Derrick Henry's always been on the Titans. Like, he's always been there. He's always been the same running back. But now that they have an adequate passing attack uh, and they have a competent quarterback, like, they've really figured it out. I also, uh, you know, the Ravens, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. I was really excited to see them play Thursday night on Thanksgiving against the Steelers, but I guess yeah. that's not happening. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I thought Lamar Jackson, uh, that was kind of his, like, you know, you talk about how he hasn't really shown up in primetime games. And I think he did enough. He, he forced overtime in a dubious situation. <laughs> Um, but I mean, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, that 30 yard touchdown or whatever, that was very impressive in overtime. And the Titans are going to be a team that's like, they'll probably be middle of the pack come playoff time. And this is what I, what, what I was so impressed about. Derrick Henry too, and Mike Vrabel, they're very New England-esque. Number one, they don't turn the ball over. They've only had five turnovers. So they're not giving you the ball in good field position. One I like, they're protecting the football. Number two, with Derrick Henry, he's not busting off a big bunch of big carries, but they continually hand it to him. And with that big guy, he just wore out Baltimore by the end of the game. It was like a three-run yard or a three-yard run here, four-yard run there, breaking a couple tackles, slowly wearing him out, and then come overtime, Baltimore's defense looked gassed. Like that last run they had, it was a wide open hole. 
completely worn out by the end of the game. So that I do like. Also, Ryan Tannehill's leading the NFL in comeback, go-ahead comeback drives this year. So they have a competent quarterback where they can't just stack the box. And like as you were saying, they have two pretty good receivers in Corey Davis and um, uh, AJ Brown. AJ Brown. So uh, you know, th- th- this is an interesting team. I think they can make some noise in the postseason once again. Last year was no fluke, so I, I like them a lot. The yeah. other big overtime game. Uh, the Packers and the uh, Colts. Who did you so? Do you think this is the more of a Packers losing this one, or were you impressed by the Colts' victory? Well, it was the Colts. They the Colts. I don't know. They must have bet on the. They must have put money on the Packers because that like time management with all those holding penalties was. I I've never seen anything like it. Um, I, I thought the Packers should have won this. Um, you know, they they got the ball first, and it was just an unfortunate fumble. Um, after they set up a really nice drive to kick the field goal. Um, you know, I, I'm still not super impressed with the Colts. Uh, I think they, they obviously, they're 7-3. and three, They're leading this division. Philip Rivers had three touchdowns and a pick. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about this Colts team. But even though they're, they're good, they're, they kind of feel to me like the Steelers a little bit. Obviously, the Steelers are, have a really, really good defense. Um, which makes them a little bit above the Colts. But it's like, I just can't really get on board with them. I just, like, I don't see them beating the Chiefs of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I with them, it all comes down to Phillip Rivers. These past two weeks, yeah. he has played really well, and he's got that good offensive line. If you stand in there and give Phillip Rivers time, I mean, he's a hall, he's going to be a Hall of Famer for a reason. Like, he can throw the ball. The problem's been, you know, if, when he when he's turning it over and he's played like he, when he's played bad, the Colts have lost. So it, it all comes down to how Philip Rivers plays because the defense is really good. They can run the ball. They have all the ingredients for a good playoff team. But I agree with you. If it's in a shootout, am I really trusting yeah. Philip Rivers? Especially because if that pocket breaks down, he's not making plays yeah, on his way. With, like it has to be perfectly set up for him to sit back there and throw. So that's my concern. The Packers, on the other hand, and we said this a lot last year that they were frauds. They we didn't believe in that fourteen and two team. I, I'll be honest with you, and I think they're probably going to – they'll win out the majority of their games. They're, they're going to win that division. I think they're frauds once again. I That defense looks horrible, and we were all outraged that they drafted Jordan Love instead of another receiver for Rodgers. Quite frankly, I think they probably should have drafted some more help on the defensive end because that offense yeah. has plenty of weapons. That's like a nice car in the summer that like once come wintertime, you can't drive it because they get run on all the time. Their secondary I don't think is that good. They have a horrible red zone defense. If you get in the red zone, there's a good chance you're scoring on them. I, yeah. I, this is not a Super Bowl contending team. They need some help on the defensive side. I mean, there's only so much. Like, Aaron Rodgers put up 31 points. or how, like Yeah, he put up 30 points against one of the best defenses in the league, statistically. So that should yeah. be enough to win. Like, you got to make a couple stops here and there. So I, I that's yeah, where no, I'm concerned. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, like you said, this, not, this really does go back to their draft, man. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's hard to play a rookie uh, corner in this league. So I'm not saying that, like, you know, if they had drafted some dude out of Ohio State, they'd all of a sudden be a top ten defense. But like, like you said, I mean, they they, they had three for they their three first picks, which is duds in my opinion. Um, and it kind of comes out there because, like you said, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams can only score so many points where they're you know going to give up give up some go ahead touchdowns um, from opposing opposing defenses. But yeah, there's, there's really there's really nothing like their run defense, pass rush, or pass defense that like. They don't have a single player that really sticks out. They have a couple of decent pass rushers, but other than that, it's like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, if the Colts, if, if Bill Purvis is putting up, you know, 280 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick, you know, that's, that doesn't bode well for when you when you get to the, the real deal playoff time. Uh, and you're going to have to play some good quarterbacks. So it'll be 
interesting to see what happens. But wow, I, I agree with you. There's a very intriguing, and we just talked about the Titans and Colts. To me, that is one. There's some intriguing matchups next week. That's definitely up there for me. That's going to be an interesting one to see because, one, the division on the line to the AFC South, yeah. and there's going to be two playoff teams going at it once again. I know the Colts kind of waxed in the first game, but who do you I'll be who do you like in that division? Do you like the Titans or the Colts coming out of there? Who do you think goes farther? And, uh, yeah, what do, you, what do you expect to I see like from this week? roster more than most it just all comes down to philip rivers but you make a good point with the titans and for all you betting people out there the titans are getting four points this week against the colts i think the market's overvaluing the colts because they beat the packers so that would not be a bad play this weekend picking the titans who are underdogs this week because like you said i think they're gonna win that game anyway let's move on to some other going back to the colts real quick it's super interesting that we were huge colts fans last year with Jacoby Brissett, and then if this team had, I mean, because, you know, Phil Rivers is, he's, you know, Phil Rivers, he's yeah. old and mobile, arm strength, something like that. If they had, if they had gotten, like, a good quarterback, I think this team would be a top-tier Super Bowl contender, without a yeah. doubt. Well, I like what they started doing against the Packers on the third and shorts, where it's a running situation, or like they, where it would be an obvious running situation usually, they started bringing in Jacoby Brissett because now they have the dual threat where Jacoby yeah. can scramble. So I thought that was really smart and creative how they used him. And I think they should keep doing that because that makes sense. But uh, other yeah. big game, how about those Chiefs and Raiders, man? I think these are two teams. One, I think, well, the Chiefs are the best team in football right now. I think yeah, that's a pretty... I don't think it's particularly close, honestly. That last drive Patrick Mahomes put on was a clinic. And, like, he made it look so easy. He was so calm back there and poised. And this, I mean, you know, he does have it. We were talking about system earlier, and he has a great system with Andy Reid. And he has a ton of weapons. So I get that where he he does have a lot of help. But, man, he makes it look so easy. That's that. This is, like, how yeah. a quarterback it's is supposed like, to look. It's funny, too, because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you know, we got the, you know Russell Wilson's playing really well. Aaron Rodgers is playing really well. There's a lot of good quarterbacks playing out there. And then there's Patrick Mahomes with 27 touchdowns and two picks. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And, you know, the Raiders, I give a lot of credit to the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders are pretty good. Um, I think the Raiders, I will say, though, they, they play up to their competition a lot. So, you know, like they beat the Chiefs last time. Uh, but they're still 6-4 and four for a reason, so I think they have some work to go. Um, but, man, the Chiefs, like, that's insane. The way, the way that they won that game 
was the most effortless comeback touchdown that I've ever seen. And it was funny because, you know, I, you know, as we've mentioned a couple times before, uh, my girlfriend's a Chiefs fan. She was like, oh, the Raiders, they like, took the lead. Like, this might be, you know, this might be getting dicey for us. I was like, dude, Patrick Holmes not losing this football game. No. Like, there's no doubt in my, it's kind of like Tom Brady in his prime. If you give him the ball with a minute and a half left, and you're down three, or you're up three, good luck, man, because you're you're you gotta pray for an interception, or else he's scoring points on you. And some of the things he does too, like you look at the last one touchdown he threw to Kelsey. It's like, how did Kelsey get so open? And you look at the play where he's moving in the pocket. He looks off the defender and like throws him open in the over the middle. It is textbook. I mean, yeah. It, that's a dangerous team. I don't see anyone. I, I don't see the Steelers beating them, even though they're undefeated. I think that's the best team in football. With the Raiders, though, to their credit, I think they can beat you in multiple ways. They showed against Denver that they can beat you just running the ball, which Denver, I don't think, has like a slouch of a defense. Like, that's a pretty solid defense they have. Yeah. And they just beat them. They pounded it with Josh Jacobs. They had a really good running game. And then against the Chiefs, they're like, hey, we want you want a shootout? We can do that, too. And they got some weapons with Ruggs and Waller. And Derek Carr can throw it. I like Derek Carr more than most. So I think this is a legit team. Like, the Raiders are on the up and up here. Uh, they can make some yeah. noise in the postseason. So that was an impressive yeah. loss, I think. I mean, there was a, there was a couple of years ago that Derek Carr got some, I believe he got injured in yes. the last game of the season. But he had some MVP buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he didn't win. But, you know, he was in the conversation a little bit. And I think he's playing better. Yeah, uh, this I agree. Year. Uh, and man, Josh Jacobs is a—he's a—he didn't have a huge game this week. He only had 55 rushing yards, but that dude is a back. He's very good. Finally, I know we—you know—there wasn't. There's just the main ones we talk about. I mean, obviously, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. That was a pretty impressive win. That was over a week ago. Um, the. Vikings choked. I think their playoff hopes are over with Andy Dalton coming back. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about the Vikings. I mean, I guess, I guess it's their defense. I guess I guess their defense was inflated by playing the Bears. But like, I was I was about to get on the Vikings train. I was like, you know, they're playing a bad Cowboys team. They're about to get back in five hundred. They're going to get in the groove of things, and then Such, they proceed to just yeah. Blown away. They had an easy schedule too. They they had a path to making the playoffs, and I think the Cowboys just blocked it right there. Andy Dalton, though, he played better. I mean, that team has some weapons offensively. It's just you know the defense is kind of a mess, and I don't think they're well coached, so I don't see them winning the division. The um, Washington and the Bengals, Joe Burrow, that sucks, and we knew it was coming. They're like, you have to protect this guy. Why is Zach Taylor throwing him 40 times? You have to protect your assets. He's throwing it more than anyone in football. And for a rookie, that's like, that's that's malpractice as a head coach, especially behind that offensive line. We could all see it yeah. coming, and it sucks that it happened. Yeah, and, that, and that's the other thing, too, because, like, a ton of, like, everyone saw this coming. Their offensive line was so bad, especially against Chase Young. It's like, dude, like, you have a really good thing going for you that's going to blossom in the next couple of years. It's not gonna happen right now. So if you lose games, don't worry about it. Just protect Joe Burrow. What do they do? I mean, come on, man. That's that's brutal. Uh, PJ Walker showcasing the XFL. We knew there was some talent there. He led the Panthers to a victory. Nothing really to talk about there. I just thought that was a fun thing to mention. Final yeah, two I want to talk about. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think I don't know the the, the honeymoon phase for tanking for Tua. Might have come, might have come to a little slowdown because he looked bad against the Denver Broncos. That's what I was going to bring up next. We did sack him six times, but like I think there may be some second thoughts running through Brian Flores' head about going all in on a playoff push. I think we might see 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Because he did say that Tua just got benched. He was not hurt in the Broncos game. He did not look good. Uh, and they're six and four now. Maybe they could still make a playoff push, but I'm not quite so sure about it at this point. I think they still could in that division. Uh, cause like who, I mean, who's the best team right now that Buffalo, I, I think you can still catch them. You get a call, you get a win late against Buffalo. I think you can, they could still catch them. Uh, as far as the two thing, I mean, yeah, two played bad, but yet they still had a chance to win that game. And I think Brian, Brian Flores, by doing the change of scenery with Fitzpatrick there, they almost, they, they almost pulled it out near the end. Now mind you, Melvin Gordon assisted them there, but that was an impressive win for the Broncos more. So I, that told me more about the Broncos than it did the Dolphins. Yeah, I wasn't too true. worried about that. I think. You know, who, who knew when you handed off to Phil Flinzy and, and Melvin Gordon, you know, that you, you could win a bunch of football games. And I'll say, I'll be quick on this, but I think Drew Locke, he threw a really bad interception on the third play of the game. And since then, he played pretty good. Yeah, two, so, set, 270 yards is nothing to shrug about. I, I like Tim Patrick a lot. <laughs> he's play, He's been balling. Uh, yeah, Fant had yeah, a good Jerry game. Judy, KJ Hamler played really well. Man, this Broncos team could be really good if Drew Locke was just a better quarterback, but I'm not so sure about that. Well, I mean, uh, it kind of goes, and I don't want to bring up this argument again, but it kind of goes with the Baker Mayfield thing. He's better if they're running the ball. You got two great running well, backs back just, there, turn around and hand it to him. No, I agree, but Jerry Judy's not like a megastar. I think you're better off with the game and Philip Lindsay. on the roster right now. I'm sure their passing attack would be a lot better than it is because he's their overall, he's their number one star. I would agree, but once again, they're not in the same class as Odell. But the point being, they're they're in better hands with the ball in Philip Lindsay's hands than Drew Locke's. So I I would I would keep pounding the rock and play good defense. And you know, I think do you, do you think the Broncos at this point four and six? Do you think they get eight wins this year? Because that was my big prediction before the season. They're going to be an eight-win it's, team. It's hard because you look at the schedule. It's it's very difficult. Yeah, play, you got a know, brutal we schedule. Off, we get off the Broncos, or we get off the Dolphins. We're playing the Saints next week. Uh, and then the Chiefs. The, then the, the Chiefs. Uh, get the Panthers, who are, they're not bad. No, they're not bad. Get the Bills. Then we get the Chargers. Then we get the Raiders. There's literally, like, the worst team we play in the next six is the Panthers. We just shut out the lights, you know. Like yeah. we, have the, we have the second hardest schedule in the NFL. Um, and you know what? If we get if we if we scrap out eight wins and miss the playoffs, I will call the season a success. Speaking of the Saints, who you brought up, this is the last game I want to talk about. Taysom Hill won his first start, making his case for the best player in the NFL. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Hey, yeah, I. I mean, my thing is like, you, you know, they won games, and I'm not really. I like Taysom Hill. I I, I seriously don't quite understand why Jameis Winston is not the starting quarterback. Because I feel like if Jameis Winston was the starting quarterback, they'd still use Taysom Hill to run the ball. And that's pretty much all he really did. You kind of have the dual threat. Yeah, there was that one he threw, I think, to Emmanuel Sanders that should have been intercepted, and it was completed for a deep pass. The, The throwing needs to be polished a little bit. I think it was just a new wrinkle. You have that dual threat in there. And I mean... Sean Payton, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's shown he knows how to win with backup quarterbacks. They're six and zero right now when Drew Brees has been hurt these past two seasons. So they're doing something yeah. right, and I still think they're a contender even without uh, without Drew yeah. Brees. So it, it will be interesting because they play the Broncos, which I think they're going to win that game. But Vic Fangio just absolutely like neutralized Tua, and if he, and if that same thing happens to Taysom Hill, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. 
Taysom is a bit of, he's a better runner, I think, than Tua is, because Tua also had the leg injury. But I do agree, that'll be interesting to see, because Vic Fangio is smart defensively. Well, and now, the, I think part of it with the Falcons, too, they were game planning for Winston all week, and then last second, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, it's Taysom Hill. Now we got to completely switch strategies. Where Fangio's got a week of tape on him. He knows it's going to be Taysom starting, so that should help them uh, heading into this week. Uh, we'll go. Is there any big NBA news? I mean, we were well, talking about say the Rams Buccaneers. Oh yes, we should talk about that. Tom Brady did not look too good. He's... He did not. I, I guess if you if you, so the secret to being the Bucks to beating the Bucks, I should say, is be a good team with a good pass rush, and you will probably win. Yeah. Because the Bears you know, showed the same thing. The Bucks they they can sure beat up on the stinky teams out there, like the Panthers. But uh, you know. You, you you get the you know you get you get a good D line on him. I'll tell you what, man. Like I thought, in the Leonard Fournette pickup was going to be really big for the Bucks. It is not. He does not look that great. Um, yeah. Which yeah, he he he, bring, he reminds me a lot of Trent Richardson, who's got talent, but his vision in the backfield is not good, and he is not finding the holes where he needs to be finding them. Tom Brady can't throw the ball downfield at all. Um, yeah, it's, that was an interesting game. Good for the Rams, though. You said the Rams were good, like, a couple weeks ago, and I agree with you. I think the Rams are good. Jared Goff played a good game. It, it, it was so sad, because, like, Tom Brady, we are so used to him being, like, the best quarterback, and 24 hours prior to that game, you watch Patrick Mahomes, same situation. They're down a score, need a touchdown to win the game. He marches them down effortlessly. Brady gets the ball back, same situation. They're down by three. Touchdown's going to win him the game. It's like, yeah, I think he's going to be able to do it. And it was he had a it was a dud. There was an interception. It was yeah. You know, it, it was kind of it's a yeah, little bit of a decline. Of guard, yeah. Part of this though, I will have to say, I think some of this goes on Bruce Arians because there's no reason why this offense shouldn't be successful with Leonard Fournette, with Ronald Jones. You got Gronk, you got Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Godwin. Like there's no excuses. That's a serviceable offensive line with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Bruce Arians is supposed to be some offensive guru. I mean, it might be time to you know. Might be time to hang him up. I'm pu- I'm putting some yeah. of this on him. I just... yeah, no, I, I agree. And like you know, like you said, like that they, they, they were never over. They, like you 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 really do expect. I mean, you put a lot of quarterbacks in this situation, and that's a, that's an elite offense. They have, they have they have two really good receivers, and then you added Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. I mean, Jameis Winston was putting up thirty tunnies with this offense, and he is not very good. So, like, I, I agree that, like, you know, is it Tom Brady's age? Is it Bruce Arians? I don't know. I think it's a combination of the two. But I agree that Bruce Arians uh, – and, and, and their defense didn't look all that great either. No. This, this, this past game. Uh, but, you know, the Rams the Rams got a lot of offensive weapons because their running game did not do a whole lot last night. But they, they were still they were still throwing the ball very well. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, well, we'll have to see what they do because I, I – I, I like the Bucks, but I don't know if they're any more like if you can consider them like a Super Bowl contender the way they're playing yeah. anymore still. Or the Rams, on the other hand, I think this team is starting to come together. I like that pass rush a lot. Uh, they're yeah. getting after it. So and it's going to be interesting because next next week we get Chiefs Bucks. Yeah, that'll be fun. I, I can see Chiefs, you know, thirty five Bucks twenty, you know, pretty pretty easily in my mind so that's going to be a game where they're going to they're going to have to bow up and prove to the world that they can because a lot the last chance they had to prove to the world was against the saints and we all know how that went yeah um so that's going to be that's going to be a big one 
NBA news, a couple. We were talking about Bo, Boban going to the Bucks. Bogdan? Was Bo- Bogdan Bogdanovich going to the Bucks, and then all of a sudden, I guess he didn't. That, that was pretty funny, actually. You know, <laughs> imagine that, you know, you're on a team, and the team says, hey, we're going to sign you and trade you. You're going to say, no, uh, no, you're not. I don't want to sign here. I don't want to go to the Bucks. Um, <laughs> but this is kind of funny. Um, all right, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. You know. You know. One thing. I'll give you honestly a question. At Michael Jordan, one of the great top two, top one, top two ever in the game. Are you giving Gordon Hayward that four-year big-time contract if you are Michael Jordan? Uh, I don't think he's worth the money they're paying him, but considering it's Charlotte, you don't have a lot of stars going there anyway. I would say <laughs> yes, because you have Terry Rogier, you got uh, the ball kid, um, and then now you get Gordon Hayward, and you know, it's going to be an interesting team. You might be able to make the playoffs. I mean, I, me personally, no. I don't think I would have given him that money, and Michael Jordan has shown that he's not a great general manager, but hey, you need some star power. You're trying to create some revenue. I mean... You got money to spend? Why not? I mean, who else are you going to spend it on? Because no one else is going to Charlotte, so. Yeah, I, I didn't no, hate it. That's like a, um, to me, that's like a C-plus move. You know, it's like an average, yeah. it's an average signing. Yeah, I could see it working. I could see Sell it not working. Jerseys. Right, exactly. But, uh, man, I, I, I think Gordon Hayward, I don't think he's that good. I thought the Celtics were better off without him, so I was a little surprised. Yeah, and part of yeah, that, there's only so many balls that, like, there's one ball on the court, and they had so many scores. Yeah, Jason Tatum. You had Brown. You had, uh... Uh, who, oh, who was it? Horford was out there for a while, and then they moved him. I, they, there was a lot of guys on that team that could score. So, you know, they he, he can only do so much. He was reduced to more of like yeah. a third-man role where I think he's better as like the uh, 1A type of player or like a Kevin Love type yeah. of guy on like the – so which I think he will be with the uh, the Hornets. So I think he'll have a little bit more success. But I agree. The, the decline after the injury, there's definitely been a decline in production there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for the rest of the NBA, a lot of Supermax deals. Jason Tatum got his. Uh, you know, uh, Brandon Ingram got his. Bam Adebayo got his. Uh, but Darren Fox got a Supermax deal. Um, so I, I would say the winners and the losers of this NBA free agency, um, the winners were all the NBA players. The losers were all the NBA, NFL players watching, you know, yes. six guys off the bench make $9 million, $10 million a year. Um Lakers trying to build a super team though again. They got Montrez Harold who from the Clippers. I think that was kind of significant. That was a, that was a nice oh, yeah, little yeah, snag yeah. there. The Clippers are fumbling free agency right now. Yeah, to be totally honest. I do not think they're doing well. I think the Lakers have made themselves because last year it was like, will the Lakers with LeBron and AD have enough off their bench to beat the Clippers? And now I think it's it's they got Mark Gasol and yeah. Schroeder and Montrez Harold. Oh yeah, I think they have that they bench have is loaded. Plenty of weapons, and now it's kind of reversed. Is Kawhi and Paul George going to have enough in the tank to beat the Lakers? And I do not think they do. So. I agree with you. I, I agree with that. I think it's the Lakers' title to lose. We'll see what Brooklyn looks like and if the James Harden deal can get done. But if not, I think that's going to be a potent yeah. team. Notice we didn't talk about the NBA draft. That's because there's really no one worth talking about. It was a pretty oh, yeah. underwhelming <laughs> draft. Yeah, no, that was... Dude, I'm, look, I'm getting ESPN alerts, and I'm like, I have no idea who these people are, man. Especially the Bulls one. And I know we don't have to get into that, but I, that was literally, dude, I have never heard of in my life. It kind of looked like when they did his draft profile, I, I thought it was an Eric Andre sketch when he was talking about like selling flowers with his uh, grandma. It was like it was pretty <laughs> funny watching this like six foot tall guy <laughs> delivering flowers. But, you know, uh, it's like, well, he was a uh, he was really good off the bench for Florida State. It's like, oh, well, 
Hopefully there's some athleticism there. Yeah, I mean, I'll give Arturis the benefit of the doubt. Last thing I want to do very quickly, some people are requesting some free money picks for Thanksgiving. I don't know why, because the past couple weeks I have been horrible. We're still barely above 50%, though, so the track record's proven. Hey, you know what? That's money, that's money game. That's true. So. That's right. That's right. Uh, one of the games to pick on Thanksgiving, unfortunately, got taken away, so it'll be between these two. I like the uh, Texans over the Lions. Lions are coming off a horrible game. Both defenses are not good. I think the X factor here is Deshaun Watson, who, like I said earlier, if you look at his numbers, this man's carrying this team. 20 touchdowns, only five interceptions, with not a whole lot to work with. Uh, so I think he is going to carry them past the Lions. Lions also have a losing record overall on Thanksgiving, and it's by a lot. It's like 37 and 45. It's like they have a bad record on Thanksgiving. I think that will continue. Take the Texans. They're getting they're favored by three points there. Uh, last game. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, it's, it's you know, we already had COVID to kind of ruin Thanksgiving, but now it seems like I have to spend more time with my family because I'm gonna be having two horrible games on. Yeah. Um, that's, that's quite too bad. I think the second one between Washington and the Cowboys, it's two bad teams, but there's at least some intrigue because surprisingly they're both three and seven, and yet it has division <laughs> implications, which I cannot believe I'm saying. I like Washington once again in this one. I think the Cowboys, you know, they had a good performance against the Vikings, so the market's going to overvalue them. Yeah, it's, they played well, but the Vikings secondary has been horrible this year. Uh, if you look at the defense, they still gave up a ton of points. Washington, on the other hand, very good pass rush with Chase Young and uh, Kerrigan. They have a really, they're really good defensively. I think they're top five in passing yards yeah, allowed this season. Kendall Four, I believe, is the, he's the top-rated corner by a long shot. There you go. There you go. And then offensively, Alex Smith, veteran quarterback, he knows how to win. Uh, Tarek McLaurin's a good weapon, and I like the way they're running the ball with Antonio Gibson, so I think they can dominate time of possession. I'm taking the Redskins. They are getting three points in that one. So those are your two picks for this week. Man, you could, you could plop a lot of not great teams. Like, look, the Bears and Broncos, they're having a great season. Dude, you plop them in the NFC East, they're making points. Content- oh, I know. It, it's a shame, especially when you look at like these NFC teams. Like you look at like the Cardinals, Seahawks, and Rams. One of those teams is probably gonna miss the playoffs. Or uh, Cardinals, Cardinals, yeah, Cardinals, Seahawks, yeah, Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams. One of those teams is probably yeah. gonna miss the playoffs. They're they're all gonna be above five hundred. They're gonna be excellent teams. So it's a shame we have to waste a spot on one of these mediocre teams. But it's kind of fun at the same time. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna see. I mean, it's gonna be the matchup. They're they're gonna host the playoff game. Will you be? Will you have any stuffing this year or dressing? Is... Stuffing? Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave. Well, I have two things to say. First of all, 2020 keeps getting worse. Rest in peace, Diego Maradona. Yep. One of the goats. Actually, he, he, yes. And that, that is really too bad. Um, so, yeah. That, uh, I, mean, I mean, come on, man. We, get, we already lost Kobe. He was one of, the, one of the greatest in basketball. I mean, he was one of the greatest in soccer. That stinks. This year sucks. Um, but finally, I'm going to give uh, – there's a lot of hot takes – there's a lot of hot takes when it comes to Thanksgiving food. There's a lot of people say turkey's not good. Is it dressing or stuffing? Uh, you know, people say, you know, pump, I've heard a lot of pumpkin pie is trash takes, which I vehemently disagree with. Oh, that's cat. I've, I've, I've seen, yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of, I think Thanksgiving is just, it's just above average food, and people need to stop being so serious about it. You think there's a war zone out there, you know, what, what, what's the best side? You know, white meat, dark meat is hamburger than turkey. Turduckins are better than everything. <clears throat> I think it's just above average. I'm just going to go out there and eat some food 
and then watch two very bad football games and fall asleep. And I don't think it'd be a great holiday. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Well said. We will leave it at that. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in again next week. Uh, yeah, enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah.